Hey everybody, welcome back to the Greatest Mixtape Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Mac. And for those of you who don't know, we are two longtime friends that have uh, always bonded over our mutual love of music. And like we've said before, from the first day we met, music was the topic of conversation. It brought us together when we were kids. Still something we'd love to talk about today when we're a tad bit older. <laughs> Just a tad bit, yeah. Hey, uh, well, we call this podcast the Greatest Mixtape Podcast because we talk about all kinds of music, how much we love it, what it means to us. and uh, Right, from all kinds of music, from classic rock to heavy metal, hip-hop, blues, alternative, punk, everything in between. Music is life. Let's hit the play button, dude. All right, today we are uh, going to be delving into the world of cover songs and some of our uh, some of our favorites, some that we find maybe obscure, interesting. At least for this, for this is a topic that we're going to revisit many times over and over. Many it, times. It's, absolutely, it's one that can go on and on. So uh, for the first one, we're, we're not going to pick the obvious ones. We're, you're, you're not going to hear the you know the Motley Crue smoking in the boys' room or you know, any of the big Metallica covers that everybody knows and loves, you know, we're going to dig a little deeper. We're going to scratch the surface a little, little harder and uh, maybe, maybe bring something to you that you're not even aware is a cover song. And let's just remember here, we're not coming out saying these are the best cover songs of all time. What we're saying is these are the five we want to talk about right now. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. Uh, to to make a, a a short, concise list of the greatest cover songs of all time, that's that's some Rolling Stone shit, man. We'll leave it to them. <laughs> these are just five that we picked. We each picked, so ten songs total, but uh, five that we thought were interesting and cool and fun to talk about, and maybe again a little bit left of center. So here you go. All right, let's jump in. All right, so my first pick, and I just again I want to stress uh, that these are in no particular order. Number five on my list was really, really hard for me because this is one of my all-time favorite bands and they do a lot of cover songs. And so to pick one was really, really hard for me. In the number five spot, it's a tie. I'm coming out of the gate with a tie. Is that all right? (laughs) Can I do that? Is that fair? You can do whatever you want. (laughs) We don't have like structured rules here per se, but... Um, yeah, man, I had a really hard time. I I probably could have picked five from this band, but I did narrow it down to two. So, um... In, in, in my number five spot, just because this is completely random, is typo negative. No shock to anybody who knows me well, but none. Typo negative. Um, they, again, like I said, they've done a ton of covers in their career. Um, they did an amazing version of Jimi Hendrix's Hey Joe, and they changed the words. It's the same melody, the same, you know, <laughs> guitar parts and drum parts, but, it, but they changed it to Hey Pete instead of Hey Joe. <laughs> and it's about. Peter Steele killing his girlfriend. Uh, they did an amazing. <laughs> they did an amazing. Did you want to like get in on that? Well, I mean, first off, okay, go ahead. I we Eric and I have not discussed this list with each other because we wanted to surprise each other. True, but true. I 100%, yes, one hundred percent knew you were going to go with typo at least <laughs> once. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if not, if the, not today too, but definitely it, they were coming up. But oh, but the choice. The, the song choice itself surprises me a little. I, I I would have thought maybe Cinnamon Girl or something, but oh oh no 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 no. This is the, I haven't gotten to my choices yet. I I'm I'm oh. I'm pointing out some of the other covers they did. Oh yeah yeah well, yeah. Perhaps I didn't. <laughs> perhaps I didn't <laughs> explain that well. But no no no. These are some other covers. They've again they're they're known for doing crazy covers, such as uh they did an amazing uh, Beatles medley. 
it was the Day Tripper medley. It was like four Beatles songs that they kind of mashed together and did an amazing job on that. Uh, they even covered uh, Angry Inch from the Broadway Hedwig and the Angry Inch. They actually do a version of it's, and it's about having a botched sex change operation. Your Angry Inch is what you're left with a, a mound of flesh, as they say, after a botched <laughs> sex change operation. So they're very known for the yes, they're, they're, they're tongue in cheek uh, of, you know, approach to music and life in general but uh my pick so again we have a tie and it's uh it's cinnamon girl by neil young <laughs> you hear cinnamon girl you hear the original version by neil young you would never in a million years imagine a heavy metal band covering that song it's it's insane it's, the, 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 it's the concept is the version of yeah it's, and it really is man my yeah, uh and i must first i must apologize for blowing your your reveal i thought oh god no jesus christ dude that's the <laughs> This is not what this podcast is about. No, no, I, I did. I had to go Cinnamon Girl because uh, I'm not a big Neil Young fan, and that's not not taking anything away from it. Just that style of music is not my most favorite style of music, sure. but I got mad respect for it as a songwriter, as a musician, just as a lyricist. It just guy's amazing. Just not what I listen to on a daily basis. So if you had told me, hey, you know that song Cinnamon Girl by Neil Young? Yeah, Typo does an amazing version of it. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Then I heard it, and it is absolutely mind-blowing. And I had no way to sugarcoat this. I used to DJ in a strip club in the 90s, and it was one of the greatest strip club songs back in the day. <laughs> and not only because it's just a great groove and a great beat, and it's sexy and all these things, but, I mean, let's face it, three out of five strippers are named Cinnamon. So, I mean, it just works, <laughs> right? I mean, the odds are in your so, favor. When you play I mean, that song. yeah, yeah. Chances are there was at least one on the bill that night when I played the song. So, uh, Cinnamon Girl from Typo Negative, <laughs> check it out. Uh, there's two versions. There's a really cool remix version too, but but the original studio version is is the one. Check them out. Uh, and it's a tie for another go. You got you got no, something. No, I, go. I, I'm waiting here with bated breath. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I I felt like you were about to jump out of your skin. It's another so obscure, so obscure. Again, if somebody told you they're going to cover this easy listening song from the 70s and make it amazing, you'd be like, no, it's not possible. But Typo Negative covered Summer Breeze by Seals and Cross. Yes, Seals and Cross. I mean, dude, it is like the epitome of 70s yacht rock, easy listening, like boomer music dude and they just made it so cool it's so doomy and slow and gloomy and just beautiful it's amazing it's amazing so those are my two picks again i cheated a little bit because I, but i just i couldn't pick between the two they're both insane yeah. i love it man i love it and again <laughs> i knew i knew typo was coming i knew it i love that you knew that too man <laughs> <laughs> yeah again you knew it was coming if not today it was i mean it, by next time we visit this topic typo negative yeah. is coming they're probably going to come up again anyway but, yeah maybe even yeah. in the top five they may, they may <laughs> you know on the fly i may change it and pick another typo negative uh cover <laughs> song before we're done all right all right man so, hit me with something so like eric said like we're not out here saying these are the best the top five cover songs ever these are just the first yeah. five we chose that we want to talk about because we could do the same episode 20 more times and still come up with five songs each to talk about. Absolutely, yeah, but, and will, and will. <laughs> and will, but I'm going to start. My number five is Infectious Groups covering the Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. 
Oh my god, dude, that's a great I pick. I just love that song. Robert Trujillo takes Jimmy Page's guitar riff, turns it into yeah. a funky ass bass line. Yeah, dude. And just they, you bring in Mike Muir's vocals over the top. It's just everything about it is perfect. Like I hear that bass line again, and I just lose my shit. And I just like just I mean. The fact that you just you took a guitar riff, an iconic guitar riff, yeah, and turned it into a baseline, dude. That works, yes. funky, that drives the song. It's just everything about it. I love, I love infectious grooves, but that cover is one of my favorites of all time. Absolutely, dude. And I mean, what? There's, there's only maybe a handful, a very small handful of bass players that could pull that shit off, too. And right. Robert Trujillo is at the top of that list, man. I mean, if you're you know, a, a bass player that's going to take an iconic guitar riff and turn it into a bass line, dude, they're, they're, again, make, like, he can do it. Maybe Flea can do it. Like, right. I mean, but Eric Avery from Jane's Addiction could maybe do that. But j- the list is very small, man. I and, might just uh, add and Les he's Claypool a beast. Les Claypool, Jesus Christ. I mean, he's basically a guitar player anyway. It just yeah, happens yeah. to be a bass. His bass actually uh, has more strings than an average guitar. So I don't know. I don't even know if that <laughs> technically counts because he, he's. Yeah, he plays like a 27 <laughs> string bass. Yeah. <laughs> really does I, I, they made it special for him it's the 88 magnum of bases <laughs> shoots through school um, um but yes infectious grooves immigrant song that is a sick sick choice dude and again and, and for those of you not familiar with infectious grooves i mean they, they kind of I, I almost said rose from the ashes of suicidal tendency there really wasn't ashes of suicidal tendency it was, it was a time where a lot of artists were in two or three different bands, you right. know, and 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 Mike Mirror from Suicidal Tennessees, Robert Hero was the bass player at the time, and they did this, you know, less thrashy, more funky, still heavy as hell, but um, yeah, Infectious Grooves, killer, killer, like nineties, two thousands. There, yeah, uh, Groove Family Psycho album. I still uh, listen to all the time. Yeah, great yeah, album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Steve Perkins was right. on the uh, the the first album. I wasn't in the band yep, the entire yep. uh, catalog, but the first album is Steve Perkins from Jane's Addiction on drums. So yeah, just killer, killer, uh, super group, funky, metallic, just wow, sick, sick yeah. shit. Great choice, dude. I dude, all right. What do you got next, brother? All right, all right. So let's see here. I am going to <laughs> again, man. I feel like I'm getting off on technicalities, man, because uh, my number four choice, and again. I want to say that I did not go for the obvious shit. Okay. Maybe we'll get to that at another time, but you're not going to hear Metallica on my list. You're not going to hear Limp Bizkit. You're not going to hear Marilyn Manson. You're going to hear the big, you know, that everybody expects to hear. So I'm trying to go a little bit deeper, not so obscure that nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about, but a little bit left of center. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm kind of getting off on a technicality because my number four choice is it's one of my all time favorite songs. As a matter of fact, for two years in a row, on my Spotify, you know, at the end of the year, you get your Spotify like year in review kind of thing. I forget what yeah. they call it, but it was, you know, for two years in a row, my number one song was The Murder Dolls. I love to say fuck. <laughs> and, you, and, and, and if you casually know The Murder Dolls and you happen to know that song, you might be like, what are you talking about? That's not a cover song. Technically, it is because. The singer of the Murder Dolls, a uh, lovely fellow by the name of Wednesday 13, was in a band before the Murder Dolls called the Frankenstein Drag Queens from Planet 13. They're from North Carolina. Um, 
And they, a lot of what people, some people may not know if you're just a casual fan, but if you listen to that first Murder Dolls record, about mm-hmm. three quarters of those songs are Frankenstein drag queen songs that they just re-recorded and slapped on this and relabeled it the Murder Dolls. And But those are actually Frankenstein drag queen tracks. And if you get the extended version of the first album by the Murder Dolls, which is uh, Beyond the Valley of the Murder Dolls, and they have this, this special edition, they added a few tracks on it. Um, one of them is I Love to Say Fuck. So technically it's a cover song, so I'm sticking with okay. it. One of my all-time favorite songs ever. I, I at one point, and I, I probably should have done my homework. Uh, at one point, I counted how many times he actually says "fuck" in the song, and it was a obscene amount of, of of times. But he says "fuck" a million times in the song, and the whole song is about loving the word "fuck." Um, it's genius. Also, just as an honorable mention, uh, yeah. the extended version of "Beyond the Valley," the Murder Dolls, with a few extra tracks. They also have a cover of White Wedding by Billy Idol, which is brilliant that is as well. That is a great cover. Great cover. And if you've never seen the video, go to YouTube right now and watch the video. They spoof on American Idol. It's awesome. It's just so good. They were such a fun 2000s band. They brought back like the sort of like Motley Crue shout at the devil kind of imagery, the makeup and the teased up hair, black leather and stuff, but they put a kind of little bit of a modern spin on it and then melded that with like misfits punk rock horror movie lyrics and it was just genius it was so much fun nobody took it serious the band certainly didn't but but it was so good i loved the murder dolls man they were so love and just hey quick memory speaking of their <laughs> version of white wedding we played yes. that at your jack and jill before you guys got married you actually did that yeah <laughs> to this day, I still I feel like an asshole, and and my my beautiful wife Chris is gonna um hear this one day and go, yeah, dick, I told you, um that should have been our entrance music at our reception, oh, and I don't know yeah. for some reason I didn't want that, and now looking back, I'm like, oh man, missed opportunity. If we ever renew oh. our vows, dude, we're walking out to white wedding. Fuck yeah, by yeah, murdered us, one hundred percent. Brilliant, brilliant. You'll love it, I promise. Especially if you like to say fuck. Exactly. Um, and and I do. All right. My number four. This is a little off the metal path for sure. All right. I, I I welcome it. But I love this goddamn version of this song. I love the original. I love the cover. All right. Cowboy Junkies, Sweet Jane. Oh, dude. Right? Nice. So cover of the Lou Reed song. The Lou Reed song. That is an bit, amazing version. Has a little bit more bounce to it, where the Cowboy Junkies mm-hmm. kind of slowed things down, made it a little, a little more dreamier, kind of layered sound. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone remembers, you know, the scene, Natural Born Killers. Yeah, of course. When the song plays, whole world's coming to an end, Mal. And then, you know, the song is <laughs> kicking in. And <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but actually, I, I saw them live once. Um, oh wow! No op- kidding. Yeah, opened for the uh, for the tragically hip. Nice, um, great show. But just that for some reason, and you know, I'm not like a huge expert on the Cowboy Junkies. And, you know, I'm not familiar with their entire catalog. All sure. I know is that song moves me. Their version of it, just anytime it comes on, I have to listen to the whole thing and just sit down. Yeah, listen to those vocals. The lead singer Margot Timmons and just just the dreaminess of it all. It's just to me that song is just that version is just fucking beautiful and i just love it 
Dude, that's awesome. That's really, really cool. And, you know, it's funny you say that, too, about the whole, like, dreamy aspect of it and that you're not familiar with their entire catalog. There were a lot of bands that kind of came out in that time period that I made, like, I'd, I'd discover a song or two and I'd really fall in love with it. But then for whatever reason, I just didn't know anything else. And every time when you said that, I immediately thought of Fade Into You by Mazzy Star. Very similar vibe, very similar kind of, you know, it was that same time period. I could not name another Mazzy Star song, but I love Fade Into You. And right. Cowboy Junkies, same kind of thing. I'm like, my God, that was a brilliant version of Sweet Jane. I don't know if I know another song by them, Right. to be totally honest. I mean, if I'm just being completely honest right now, I can't name another one right now. Wow. I don't care. It, that version yeah. of that song just... It's just so like it's so good, so good. Got it. I know what I'm listening to when we get off. Uh, get off of this, man. I'm gonna go put that yeah. on. That is a great. Her great vocals song. are just. We're just what a performance. I just can't say enough about. Yeah, that song. nice, dude. Yeah, dude. Great choice, man. Dig it. All right, so I'm on what number three now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, without going super like obscure or anything like that, I'm sure you've heard of a band called Faith No More. I'm sure, most of the people listening right now have as well easy there oh. dude yeah their <laughs> cover of the commodore's easy from uh the angel dust album um is just so amazing yep. they stay true to the original um they were and i remember this is one of those songs where like you know we, we talk about this a lot how like it, some our, our first time with certain things is super crystal clear and then other times I'm like eh, I don't really remember the first time I heard it it just kind of was there mm-hmm. I remember the first time hearing Easy by Faith No More because they were notoriously tongue in cheek with everything and so they would do a cover song and purposely just screw it up or make it weird just for the sake of being weird or Mike Patton would you know stick a microphone in his butt and just I mean you know, they would do bizarre stuff and um, so the first time I heard Easy I was on the edge of my seat the entire song because I was waiting for them to launch into the weird part. And I'm making air quotes right now, the weird part. And they just didn't. They covered the song straightforward, start to finish. And it's beautiful. It's just turned up enough where it's like, it's a little bit more rocky, but it's, but, but even then, man, I mean, and when I say rocky, it really is just the guitar and the solo is a little heavy. Right. But other than that, That's really it, man. I mean, it's a beautiful piano song. Mike Patton doesn't do anything weird, man. He just sings it. And um, it's a great example of what a great vocalist Mike Patton really is, too. Not that it's a super, super hard song to sing, but it's very soulful. And he just pulls it off with so much ease. And it's just fantastic. So That's a great point, because that could have just gone flat. Like oh, if, if anybody else had tried to cover that song, it could have just come out just flat. Look, I love Metallica as much as the next guy. James Hetfield could not sing "Easy" by the Commodores. He just couldn't. No. Love right. the guy to death, man. You know he can sing "Budgie" all day long. Just, Commodores, it's just not in his wheelhouse, man. It's not happening. Mike yeah. Patton, Mike Patton, yeah, all day. So you good. You ever seen him do it live? Yes, as a matter of fact, I have. Yeah. I'm I'm fortunate. Now I, I I'm trying to remember again, man, some concerts are fuzzy from back in the day, but um 
But I can say relatively recently, a few years back, they did that yeah. kind of reunion thing with the whole the whole set was white and they were all in like oh, white like linen suits yeah. and flowers everywhere, dude. And they played easy, and I I, uh, I may have teared up, may have had a little well, little one tear streaming dude, down the cheek when they played it. It was beautiful, man. I loved it. I mean, dude, you're not <laughs> alone because like I saw them at the <laughs> Webster Hall in New York City on that tour. Oh, that's amazing. And right, so you're going from like you know mosh pits and crazy shit to you know, a room full of 2,000, 3,000 idiots sitting there singing along. Top to of their lungs. A Commodore's tune. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking around yeah. like, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Just sweaty, like hardcore dudes, like singing easy. Check out Angel Dust by Faith No More. It's amazing. Start to finish. Yeah. Great pick, man. Great pick. Thanks, bro. This is fun, dude. I'm loving this. I know, dude. I know. We'll probably do this, yeah, at least 20 more times. Um, <laughs> For sure. All right. My number three. Yes. Joey Ramone's cover of Louis Armstrong, What a Wonderful World. Wow. I did not yes. see that coming. Now I, I agree wholeheartedly. That yeah. is a fantastic, fantastic version. Wow. Nice pick. Not only, I just love the version. I love the punked up, you know, aspect of yeah. it. You know, the, the downstrokes, yeah. you know, the guitar, all that. I love it. But it's Joey yeah. on his own, you know, but yeah. not the Ramones. It's just Joey. Yep. Yeah, but he recorded it while he was dying. Yeah, he knew that's he was right. Dying. Yeah, and he chose to record "What a Wonderful World." <laughs> so when I hear that song, I think about, oh, the song just kicks ass. It's a great version. But I also think about, yeah. damn, this cat knew he was dying, and he yeah. wanted to sing this song. You know, so uh, it gives me, uh, it, I just like it even more. Like it means more to me now when I hear him sing that. When you think about it, man, I mean, what more? of a punk rock statement could you make? I mean, a certified king of punk rock music. I mean, one of mm-hmm. the founding fathers, as he's as he's laying there facing his mortality, sings about what a great life he had instead of being pissed off and, you know, which makes right. it even more punk rock. It's genius. <laughs> right. You know, I've heard stories about, you know, like during that time, because he was sick, you know, he only had the strength to maybe record for an hour or two a day you know, just uh, hold it together to get in the studio and record. So all that throws in the back of my head every time I hear that song, like, fuck, man, this is beautiful. Like, yeah, <laughs> but you're right. But at the same time, like this is, this is punk rock. Like this it, is it, it, everything that it stands. And God, it's so fucking heartbreaking to me. I mean, I know, you know, that a lot of the music that you and I grew up on and stuff, we're, we're at a certain age now where like, yeah, a lot of these dudes are, are gone and, and chicks too, man. And, uh, you know, it's just heartbreaking, man, especially when it's yeah. some like fucking cancer or something so stupid like that, man. It's just, you know, it's just so not fair. It just makes you really think. But yeah, to hear a song like that, a guy like Joey Ramone singing What a Wonderful World, man. That's beautiful. That's a great choice, dude. Yeah, yeah thanks, Love man. It. All right. Um, so for this next one, I kind of, I had another hard time picking a song by this band because they are also well known for doing a plethora of covers some of the covers this this band has done they might have covered a band you may have heard of by the uh the name of public enemy uh a little song called bring the noise this so the other the, the other what would have been a tie for me if i hadn't already done a tie with typo negative the other tie would have been got the time by joe jackson they do a sick oh. sick sick cover of got the time I by joe jackson the anthrax version of got the time dude it's oh. it's amazing. It's amazing. 
I chose Antisocial. Anthrax, yeah, they did on the State of Euphoria album. Their first real sort of like hits, if you, if you will, uh, you know, rock radio hits was this song, Antisocial. And a lot of people, surprisingly, don't know it's a cover song. They they yeah, did it so well. Band, right? It is a French band called Trust. And uh, the song came out in 1980. The best thing I learned about researching that as well was that I didn't realize yeah, they had to get an interpreter because I didn't even realize the original's in French. So they had to translate it to English for Joey to do his vocals. But uh, yes, band called Trust from France. Um, song came out in 1980. They were around late 70s to like mid, early to mid 80s. And they kind of fizzled out. But uh, they had a hit with this song, mostly overseas. Didn't really break in the States until Anthrax covered it. And uh, Antisocial, man, amazing song. It's it's one of my favorite Anthrax albums too. I know that most people go to Among the Living, which was the album before that, and that's you know mm-hmm. Indians and Cotton Amash and Judge Dredd and all that stuff, or I'm the Law. Um, but the next album, it was kind of when I really kind of discovered them. I was a little bit mm-hmm. late to the party, so like I kind of discovered them in State of Euphoria, and then went back to Among the Living. So I still have a special place in my heart for for State of Euphoria. I've read and seen so many interviews with the band, you know, over the years where that's one of their least favorite records. And it's not that they don't like the songwriting or anything like that. It's just that they felt really rushed by the record company to put it out. So in their minds, when they listen to it, they're like, it's three quarters done. Mm-hmm. And that, that drives me nuts, man, because I, I listen to this record to this day. I have it on vinyl and it's it's in my regular rotation. And I'm like, this album is freaking brilliant. I can only imagine if it's that good to me now, and in their eyes it's three quarters done, how right. amazing must that record, or, or, or was it supposed to be? You know, right? That album is sick, man. So yeah. so good. Yeah, and I remember. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember when that came out. Weren't some of the hardcore Anthrax bands disappointed in that album? It wasn't as heavy, or it was a little too polished, or. And the, the polished is the word, and and because if you go back and listen to it, album's heavy as shit. But mm. from a production standpoint, it was it was a bit of a departure. Yeah, it was a little more polished, and people were a little bit put off by it. But I think if you talk to Anthrax fans now, I think that album stands out as one of their highlights. Yeah. Um, at least at least people I know that love the band as I do. But it, it, and, it was a very similar situation to Metallica when the Black Album came out. Out of the gate, I did not like the Black Album. Right. I felt they abandoned us. You know what I mean? I was like, this is not this is not the Metallica that we, you know, fell in love with. Now looking back, I'm like, what an idiot. That album is so <laughs> heavy. They slowed it down, but they did not sacrifice any heaviness, man. That album yeah. is heavy as shit, dude. So it's, this is it's, funny how times change funny. perspective. And you mentioned too this back to the state of euphoria. Like I think that was the album that that put Anthrax on my radar as well. Like obviously I'd I'd heard of them and you know I saw the dudes wearing the t-shirts, but I didn't fully get them until State of Euphoria. Yeah, I mean the album came out in '88, uh, so we were like mid-teens, approaching late teens. So we were paying more attention and probably you know we, we had jobs at that point. We're buying CDs or records or tapes at that point. I guess it was probably tapes still at that point. I think um, I had that on CD, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I think I've had that on almost every format, barring eight <laughs> tracks. I think I've, I've, I've had the cassette of that. I definitely had the CD, and I now I own it on vinyl. Anyway, Anthrax, Antisocial. Right. Great, great pick, man. All right. I'm going to go here. my seat, my number man. Two, number two, Social Distortion, Ring of Fire. Oh, 
dude, another great one, man. Uh, I can see a pattern here. I'm, I'm sticking close to home, and you're you're getting a little bit uh, reaching out a little bit. On you. Love it though. Version of the Johnny Cash classic. Yeah. From their it was on their debut album too, but just a perfect song for Mike Ness and his vocal style. Sure, just really worked for him. I thought, um, just in it, the song itself lends itself to punk rock. Oh, like, totally, absolutely, I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. You know, so it's not that much of a leap when you hear a punk band covering that song. Yeah, you know, especially a band like Social Distortion that maybe isn't straight ahead punk. They're a little bit more punk and sort of roots rock a little bit i guess you could a say bit. yeah yeah i would they're, they're just not i would say yeah they're not hardcore punk they're not what people right. think of like you know yeah. sex pistols or you know even right right exploited or bands like that they're they're yeah um, but just yeah just the way it's done just like again the guitar work the mike ness's vocals everything about it i just love it i get charged up every time i hear it and i think about i think it was early 2000s i saw social distortion maybe house of blues in boston down on the floor right you know just loving the hell out of the whole show and then they close with that song and i'm like oh man ferocious mosh pit to a johnny cash song and i'm just like man this is the <laughs> coolest shit ever <laughs> that's awesome uh, but that was just, yeah. just a memory that just stuck with me like that was just so damn cool to be in a club small club with them ripping into that song Hell yeah! Just fires up, and it's the whole thing. It's the Johnny Cash song. All everything, all those things combined into this one moment. It was just fucking amazing, man. That's fucking rad, dude. And I was just thinking as you were saying that, it it it, it made me realize. And dude, music fans, like real music fans, are the best, dude. Because like you just said, dude, you guys were pitting to a Johnny Cash song, <laughs> right? Yeah, normal, well-adjusted nine-to-five people don't do that. But hardcore music fans will pit to a Johnny Cash song, dude. It's just fucking great, man. And I love just I love reliving that shit in my head. Like every time I hear yeah. that song, like it's attached yeah. to a memory. Yeah, you know. So it's for just, sure. Uh, yeah, just perfect, perfect cover. Well, and that's the best thing about going to live shows, too, man. I mean, you know, and uh, yeah. and to experience something like that that literally sticks with you decades later or whatever is 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 rad. I I'd been a fan of Social Distortion for you know a long time. So to finally get to see them when I saw them, you know, in that setting you know just blasting through the hits and, yeah you know, the whole night was just one after another just every song i wanted them to play they played you yeah know? and then last song ring of fire just everything about that night was perfect that's cool man the other thing the other thought i had in terms of that is kind of going back to the anthrax cover of um antisocial if the cover if, if I mean, i'm sorry if the original version of ring of fire wasn't so hugely popular mm-hmm you would think that's a social distortion song. The right. only reason people know it's a cover is because the original is so huge, but they right. did it so well and were, were able to put their own spin on it and their own sound and, and everything that if you'd never heard Johnny Cash before, you would swear that you wouldn't know that's a cover. You'd swear that's a social distortion original, which right. is it could, a, been, it could have been their song. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's, that's a yeah. huge, huge compliment to the band, you know, Anybody, any band that's semi-proficient can cover something, but to do it so well that people who don't know the original really assume it's yours, that's that's really special, man. And again, if that song hadn't been so huge, people would just assume that's a social distortion song. I mean, it's that right. their, their version is that good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
And uh, I don't, I can't speak after 2016, but I saw Social Distortion myself in 2016 at Riot Fest, and they still closed with Ring of Fire. <laughs> so nice, they may still dude. be doing that today. I don't know, but yeah, they they closed with that, and I, I enjoyed it immensely as well. It was my first time, first and only time seeing them, sadly, but um, yeah, man, so good, I mean, so if, good. If I could perform that song as well as they do, I shit, I'd close with that every night. Oh, totally. I would probably like, open with it and life. close with it. <laughs> We're going to open the set and close the set with Ring of Fire because it's just what, that goddamn good. You want to know the only artist I ever saw do that? Uh, God, I feel like I should know this, but nope. Go ahead. Neil Diamond. Shut the fuck up. He opened and closed with America. That's... To Amer- yeah. He opened the show and closed the show with that. And he can. <laughs> I mean, some people... Dude, Neil fucking I didn't Diamond, see anybody dude, looking gonna... angry about it. Like, nope. no, no one gave a shit, man. I mean, everyone was like, today. I mean, everybody was there with them. I'm sure of it. They were just as there the last song as they were the first song. Yeah, I'm 100 like, hey, sure. As long it. as you play Kentucky Woman, bro, that's all I care about. Right, <laughs> Sweet Caroline. Come on, that is. I thought I really thought you were going to say Metallica because that sounds like some shit they would do. <laughs> they would like. We're going to open with Creeping Death and then we're going to close with Creeping Death because we're Metallica. God damn it! Yeah. And that's what we're going to do. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Am I down to one? Are we there already? Yes, oh my god. god i believe i mentioned this band in banter earlier possibly Ooh. they might i don't know i feel like maybe i did anyway uh not exactly known for their covers but this one was kind of a semi-hit for them it was on headbangers ball i'm gonna say that i i love i love to play the clue game like i want to start dropping nuggets for you to see if you figure it out yeah. but i i nuggets. anything I I, anything i say anything i say is going to give it away immediately I'll give you a couple of other songs by the original band. How about that? Ooh. Let's make a fun game out of it, right? All right. Mac. Yeah. The original artist of my number one pick for tonight had other hits such as Why Can't We Be Friends? They also had another little ditty you might recognize. Spill the Wine. Think that girl. (laughs) You know it. You know it. Oh, I know. Oh, man. 70s funk band. When when you hear this song, you cannot not think of California, maybe specifically Los Angeles. Why can't I name the band? Might have been in a Cheech and Chong movie. Oh, you're thinking Korn's version of Lowrider. Oh, you are so... You have the right song. Wrong band, bro. Who was the original band? War? War is the original band, yes. War. It's not the corn. Song came out. No, you're missing one, man. Bay Area Thrash Legends. If the, oh, if um, the big four were a big five, it would probably be Exodus this band. Discovered that. Hell Exodus fucking discovered yeah, that. Exodus did. <laughs> Exodus on their uh, 1989 album, Fabulous Disaster, yes. did a sick and and many years before porn. Oh, but Exodus turned War's Lowrider into a straight-up thrash song. What a fucking great choice, man. Wow. Thanks, dude. So so peek behind the curtain kind of moment. When I was putting this list together, um, this particular one was one of the first ones I thought of because it comes up, I, I must have, like, thumbs up this song a million freaking times because it, it happens to come whenever I'm like shuffling music and stuff. It comes up an odd amount, you know? I've posted pictures on Instagram, like I'll, you know, take a picture of my stereo and go, this is one of the best cover songs ever. Fight me. <laughs> and yes. again, could have easily just played it kind of funky and whatever. 
they made it a fucking thrash song, dude, and it's right. so good. Yep. You probably you're probably not gonna go. Oh, this is an Exodus original. I mean, it's still you know it's right. still a little out there um, compared to their other stuff, but it's just so goddamn good. Damn, dude, that was fantastic. Love it. All right, well, number one, I'm gonna go with Sepultura's cover of Orgasmatron by Motorhead. Oh my god, dude. It is just because you know the Motorhead version we we know we love, dude. It's 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 an amazing it's song. But Sepultura just took it to the next level. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Guitar riff, and then Max's vocals come in, and it's just it's oh, a great one. Yeah, that one just. didn't even kind of cross my brain when I was putting the list together. That's such a good one. Because again, and, original was amazing. They just made it amazing again. Just made it brilliant. heavier. They just made it heavier. Yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. Oh my god. But every time I hear it, I just I get chills. I lose my shit. Like last summer, Max and Igor Cavalera toured. Yeah, Cavalera and Conspiracy. They played both um Beneath the Remains and Arise, yeah. both albums in their entirety. And I saw them uh, in a Toad's place in New Haven. Like oh my god. club. Yes. And it came time for orgasmatron dude and i just oh lost it man like, <laughs> i was just another one of those moments that you're never going to forget like yeah just, well first of all just hearing the entire arise album yeah was, of course dude my god yeah um but yeah when that that guitar riff started for orgasmatron i was just like just one of the greatest covers of all time dude that's a really really amazing choice god they were such a great they're still a great band don't get me wrong i mean the current yeah. version of sepultura I, I will go see them all the time but I mean, there's just the original, you know, with Max and Igor and the band, dude. There's just it was it was magic, dude. It yeah. was magic, you know. Yeah. Everything, every album they did together was just yeah, dude, incredible. And then I mean, honestly, man, I mean, uh, Beneath the Remains, Arise, all those are are amazing. But uh, I mean, Roots. By the time Roots came out, man, I mean, and again, maybe some of the more hardcore fans were like, because it got you know kind of polished and things like that, but. Yeah. I mean, I'm a drummer, so I mean, of course, that was rhythmically the most amazing record they ever made with, you know, yeah. all the Brazilian drumming and everything that they incorporated into it. And my God, just what a great band. Yeah, KSAD and other just like... KSAD is sick. Ugh. To their credit, too, man, I mean, what an amazing choice for cover songs, too. Because, yeah. I mean, you've got Motorhead, first of all, which Motorhead, it, it, that can go one way or the other, because... Motorhead's a sacred cow, and sometimes you right. don't fuck with the sacred cows. Like you don't cover um, certain artists. You know, you just don't. So that's risky in itself. But they could have easily done Ace of Spades or you know something like right. that. Dude, they did Orgasmatron, which is just, right. just an amazing choice. So yeah, that's that's awesome, dude. That's a really really good one. And just FYI, Igor Cavalera. The- Interesting yes. follow on Instagram. Oh, I don't know if I don't think I follow him. Yeah, I mean, aside from you know, the I follow gigs on Max, the road, but, but I don't. Yeah, you know, he's a lot of like you know, he's got the the cam set up on the kit while he's playing. There's a lot of that. Yeah, but then he's doing like his other stuff. It's like some DJ stuff that he does, or different kind of you know rhythmic drumming and shit. Like he's an interesting follow. Yeah, man, check him out. Nice dude. I will definitely check him out. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Sick drummer too, man. Mm. And what a what I love about Sepultura too, not to get too like music nerd on them or anything, but I mean, they were literally children when they started. Like they were young teens, right, they were, like they were kids, yeah, like twelve, thirteen years old. Like and um, 
uh, it's amazing what they became and 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 mm-hmm. it's it's all 100% just hard work like they just played their asses off and listened to their influences and just absorbed and, and they're just they're just one of those bands man it's really really cuz cuz you don't really get to hear that most bands you don't you don't get to hear you hear bands progress. I mean, any band that's around for more than, you know, a few years, you're going to hear them get better as their career goes on. But to hear them really in their infancy and then become these, like, established, amazing musicians is really, really cool. Max and Igor, like, all they do is they just, they're out on the road playing or recording for, you know, one of the 20 bands that they're in. Like, they're just, <laughs> they really do. They're workhorses, they just, man. They do. They yeah. don't stop. They never stop working. I have a, I have a, a fun game that i play with my wife um she usually get i always nerd out Not over music kind of and i'm always like yeah, oh sorry uh yeah it's a family <laughs> friendly show i forgot no but I, I always i always she gets annoyed with me because i'm always like you know like a metal song will come on i'm like oh babe who's this she's not a metal fan you know so i'm always like right. seeing seeing testing her see if she knows who it is you know but i always do whenever any but either a sepultura song comes on or if somebody mentions sepultura or whatever um you know i'm always like hey uh so who's the singer and she's gotten to the point now she's like Max Cavalera, you know, and then I'm like, oh, what what other bands is he in? And she's like, Cavalera Conspiracy, Nail Bomb, Soulfly. I'm like, all right, she's got it now. <laughs> okay. Because I've done this to her so many times over the years. But yeah, she so she actually inadvertently became a a Max Cavalera fan. D- couldn't pick him out of a lineup, but she knows all the bands he's in. <laughs> I thought oh in my head every time and, and and I do it in the car when no one's around, of course. <laughs> but all I hear in my head we is, all do. is Jose Mangan from Sirius XM every Sepultura. time. Sepultura. <laughs> Max Cavalera. Like a, <laughs> yes, no, we do it too. We do it too. I go, I go. Yeah. oh, you know, who's this babe? And she's like, uh, I think it's Sepultura. And she'll say it the same way. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's not Sepultura, yeah. you dumb American. <laughs> I love you, Jose. I love you. Yeah, Jose's the shit. Well, that was fun, dude. And again, uh, we will revisit this topic multiple times because uh, uh, we've both got a list a mile long of cover songs that we just love. Or Right now, you know, I'm looking at 53 songs on my list. Damn, damn. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed hanging out with us, talking about some cool or at least what we think is cool cover songs. Yeah, thanks for listening. Hope you liked uh, some of the songs we chose. Maybe you'll go check them out if you don't know them already. Absolutely. And again, we will be doing this uh, this topic again many, many, many more times. So, uh, all right. Until next time, I'm Eric. And I'm Mac. Remember, if music is life, life is a mixtape. And this is the greatest mixtape podcast. Yeah.